Hello. Hey, Merlin. How are you? I'm very well, Dan. How are you? Doing okay. Can't complain. Who'd listen? Who would listen anyway? That's right. Who? Everybody's got problems. Yeah, I know. (sighs) So what's going on? Oh, what is going on? I've been scouring, you know, the corners of the globe for Uh exciting things to talk about with you. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't find too much, but I, we got some. Uh, we got some. <laughs> got some listener mail. Yeah, we do Something, have listener mail. We do have that. You found a way to get articles that were on the Wall Street Journal, which I'm fascinated to I, hear about. Yeah, you know, I didn't even know that, and I saw somebody link to it, and I vi- visited the article, and there it was, and I said, "Whoa, wait a minute, that's pretty cool." That wasn't. I can't take any credit for that, other than it's cool that 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 thing does that. So many people link to the Wall Street Journal, and I'm always so bewildered. I'm like, do you have a subscription to the Wall Street Journal? I know. It's weird. It's like uh, like you go there, and you're like, well, I guess this isn't for me. It's like when you find polka music on the stereo, you're like, yeah, not for me. Polka's a lot like reggae. Yeah. One or two is plenty. I'm good. Well, we can talk about that article. I got nothing. We can talk about reggae. I got nothing against reggae. I got nothing against polka. I don't need a lot, a lot, a lot of it. You know? No, I totally understand. So are you... It goes a long way. It's like like Chipotle mayonnaise or something. Are you going to be reporting uh, from the floor tomorrow for Apple's event? Yeah. Yes, I'll be live from the floor reporting from wherever that is happening. It's going to be a big week. You're vlogging this year from there, right? Oh, yeah, I'll be live streaming. Mm -hmm. Periscoping. I'll be periscoping. Mm -hmm. Make sure you ring that bell, peeps. Hit that heart, fam. Show affection for me. Well, the one one thing that I thought was interesting is uh, as sort of a tangent, but I don't know, do we want to dive right in or do we want to, you know, space it out? Listen, here's the thing. Uh Tuesdays are crazy. Yeah. Here's what I've got. I, okay. I got I got something to promote. I got another thing to semi-promote. You got your wider iPhones. I had uh, why I unplugged my Sonos, and that, that which I don't really care about. And Apple Event. If you wanted to talk about Apple Event, we could talk about Apple Event. Yeah. Now I will be reporting live streaming to my Periscope mm-hmm. live from the show floor tomorrow, so I don't want too many spoilers. No. I did get to break the news to John live on air yesterday on a different program that I do to let him know that there's a chance that. Coming down the pike, there may be new ports for iOS devices, which he was very excited to hear. Oh, yeah. John loves replacing chargers. Uh-huh. I think that's, one, his, that's his main of, jam. He, he, he peeled with laughter. Yeah? It's the hardest I've ever made him laugh. USB-C, it's coming down the pike. Yeah, it could, could be part of the iPad. You never, you never know. Dan, I'll be reporting live from the floor, live streaming to my Periscope, live mm-hmm. from the floor, wherever this event is happening tomorrow. It's the Apple event. It's a big deal. It's their September event. All kinds of questions about what things are going to be named. Let's just all guess. Um, what did you want to talk about today? What's on your mind? What, what's going on in your neck of the woods? What are you thinking about WRT Apple event? Well, the interesting thing to me is, uh, I, as you know, mm-hmm. I switched to an iPhone ten. Uh, a number of months back, and it's been fine. I've thought it was fine. I, it took me about 20 minutes to adjust to it, and then ever since then, it's been just fine. I don't miss the home button, none of that. And it's, it's, a, it's a good little phone. I haven't installed tw- uh, the new uh, beta of iOS 12 on it yet, uh, but I probably, once they release that it's, that once they announce that it's released, let's start over again. Then I will probably put it on there, and that like when will be, it's a final, when the golden master, gold master, yeah. Or whatever once is, I and, won't install yeah. the beta, I'll just wait for it to go out to everybody, and and that's oh, fine. like the real, like the legit, real, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, the September issue, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, But I was reading an article that was talking about all the predictions of what they think will be coming out. That wasn't that interesting to me because so what? I mean, you know, we know we're getting some new phones. Let's just wait and enjoy it at the event. I don't really dig like that prediction stuff as much as I used to. But I found this article that it, apparently it is a somehow Morningstar.com, which I've never heard of before, is reprinting an They're article scraping wall street journal stories yeah and it says at the top this article is being republished as part of our daily reproduction of wsj.com articles it also appeared in the u.s print edition of the wall street journal september 10 2018 i i don't know how they're doing it how are they not getting dmca on don't this? care what is it? love it what is it what is this site is it open source this is it like a plong what site is. what is this so anyway what what they yeah. say in this article and the article is written by trip mickle Trip, <laughs> trip, Mickle. Trip, now, trip is that Mickle. the person who scraped it or the person who typed it? Right. I don't know. I'll learn more about Trip Mickle. And does it matter? Uh-huh. Apple to broaden its iPhone screens. So here's what they're, what the, basically I will summarize the article and say that, uh, of course, everyone's talking about the new uh, phones that Apple will come out with. But what's, what's going on behind the scenes is that they're, they're expected to release phones that have big screens larger screens and the reason why the i i always wondered why was there a push for bigger screens bigger screens is it because of people like me who like a bigger screen because you know you don't have the same vision that you did when you were 18 or is Mm -hmm. there another reason well it turns out that there are some very interesting reasons uh that uh that apple may and other companies may be doing this and so what it says is Oh, interesting. Bigger size phones brings two advantages. First, it helps Apple, I'm reading from the article, buoy prices and profit margins because it can sell larger phones at a greater markup than it pays suppliers for the larger screen. So a bigger phone, even though it doesn't really cost much more to make, apparently, they can charge more because it's bigger. It's bigger. Uh, but also, they say it encourages people to use their phones more Helping yeah, momentum of next Apple services business. Yeah. So here, here it is. This is the one that really got me. Users with smartphone screens six inches or larger, like Apple plans to launch this year, use twice as many apps as those with five and a half inch screens, such as those on the largest versions of the iPhone 6 or 7. Uh, this is by Kantar World Panel, which is a market research firm. Users of the larger devices are also 62% more likely to play games and twice as likely to watch video daily as people with smaller screens. Quote, the bigger the device, mm-hmm. the more people are getting out of it and the more opportunity there is for Apple to generate money from them. them. This is Jennifer Chan, analyst over at uh, Kantar. She added that larger phones carry faster processors, more memory and better graphics and smaller devices, which contributes to usage. So they're not just selling them because they can make more money because it's a bigger phone. They're selling them bigger because people who have bigger phones are more likely to what? Put more apps and use more apps and spend more time online and Hmm. buy more stuff, I guess. Hmm. Does that does that make sense to you? Do you believe that? Well, the last thing I'm going to do, as somebody who's reporting heavily on the Apple ecosystem, the last uh-huh. thing I'm going to do is go toe-to-toe with either Kantar World Panel or, God forbid, Trip Mickle. Yes. I I don't know enough to say, but uh, it some radar in my head thinks, hmm, I wonder, God, what's the name for this? There's a like a cognitive bias or a thinking error. Mm-hmm. 
where you what's that thing called? But fallacy. I wonder, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. It's sort of like okay. So Syracuse and I were talking about this recently on reconcilable differences and that whole idea of grit and like, hey, you know, you got to teach your kids to have grit because uh, the most successful people have grit. I'm just I'm heavily summarizing this, but Sirkisi makes the really good point of saying, well, could could it be we're getting that backwards in the sense that, yeah, people who have gotten really successful, like have grit. People who are really good at violin have played for over ten thousand hours. Is the corollary true that you ha- that if you play ten thousand hours, you'll be good at violin? Is the corollary that if you somehow install grit in a twelve year old, they'll become an entrepreneur? And so, so that's kind of what I'm wondering here. I wonder if it's people who can afford a big phone get more apps and play more games. I don't have anything smart to say, but this feels like I'm not, I'm not so sure about the police work there. What do you think? I don't know. Um, the you business know, I, reason I heard, listening to my friends drone on about this for the last month, the business reason I've heard is that this these are sizes that are similar to the Android sizes that are popular in places like China, mm-hmm. where for a lot of folks in China, reportably, reportably, they are using that as their primary device. I see. They, they don't have a Lenovo or a MacBook Air. They're using that phone as their device. So that, that I don't know if that's true. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. That, that, that they feel, don't they don't own a computer they don't own a tablet that this is their thing or at least that because I've read frequently like what you're saying that uh, that for a lot of people their phone is their internet device their only internet connected device like the days of coming home and having a well maybe they have you know like Netflix streaming Apple TV type devices or smart TVs but that that a lot of people don't have a computer at home anymore they're just using their phone well yeah and people like uh, what's his head. What's his head over there yes, with the podcast? Exactly. You know, what's his name? The analyst guy yeah. lives in uh, lives in Asia. What's his name? He's that guy. Who's that one guy? The one with all you the shows that he does and living in that he country. He just quit his podcast. What's his name? It's not Benedict Cumberbatch. It's uh, you know the guy. Uh, <laughs> Strate- the guy's in the Slack. You know Stretch, what I'm talking about? Strategery. Yes. Yes. I didn't know so he quit he, his podcast. Yeah, he just put the last episode up. Him and the guy with the accent that lives in San Francisco. Why they They're quit done. it? I don't know. Why does anybody quit? They got no grit. Yeah, it's grit or quit. I guess not. Grit or quit. Quit or grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has talked. I think it was him. I think it was Benedict Cumberbatch that has talked at length about how uh, in China there is like this one app platform Uber site. Okay. It's not Alibaba, but th- there is some kind of like beyond Facebook app that everybody uses on every device. So on the one hand, like you don't need an iPhone because of the iPhone apps in China, but you do need the big phone because it's more than a phone. It's a big device. Right. It's a big device that happens to be your phone. It's just the payment systems, uh, new stuff, all of that apparently, supposedly happens through that one app. So I don't know. I, 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 I mean, <sighs> I, this, I guess to me, if you look at – God, this is so boring. If you look at the last couple of years of letting the operations guy run Apple, uh, there are some things that tend to uh, get priority treatment. Mm-hmm. There's a priority treatment in reducing the cost, the, the cost of creating this thing, being able to uh, scale up so that the pieces are less costly. There's all kinds of stuff in the Tim Cook regime where you know we're not going to see – like the future, the same kind of futuristic stuff, this futuristic nonsense in some cases that we saw 15 years ago, um, that 
if he has a naturally very, how does one say, conservative approach sure. to how he runs this business. Yeah. I'm having trouble imagining a series of meetings over a year where he says, yeah, we need to have bigger phones so people use more apps and watch more video. That does not sound like meetings that would happen. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the meeting that would happen is we've looked into what people are willing to pay for these things. And the people who we've learned will pay $1,000 a phone would also pay $1,200 for a phone. But, I mean, I don't you, know. You don't think, though, that if there is a direct relationship, and let's say that they've proved this, and Apple certainly knows this, too, because— We're going to take it as read that, that uh, this Kantar World Panel has facts. Uh, let's forget Kantar World Panel for a second. Apple knows, because when you buy something, my understanding is that there is an anonymized— profile that's associated like they can look at your specific account but that what they're really seeing is statistics and statistics would say something like a person with an iphone 10 has bought this application Mm -hmm. a person with an iphone 6 has bought this other application and they can look at that kind of information that's uh, apple says is totally anonymous but they can see that i'm sure that somewhere they're saying and 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 i'm not saying kantar is accurate but if what I'm about to say is accurate, then it would just further support like, like what they are saying in the article, which is if Apple can look at those demographics and say, like, I can tell you that most of our listeners by looking at our stats are using overcast. Most of oh our listeners God, are using overcast. My other podcast, it's almost 50%. Yeah. And, uh, and, and for most podcasts in the world though, that's from my understanding of, no, of looking Apple, at it's Apple podcast. Fireside, it's Apple podcast. If I just yeah, were to look at yeah. like fireside.fm data, it's, it's Apple podcasts by far. And a, a while back I was talking to some of the podcast producers over at like ESPN and they were saying, what, what are you seeing as a most? I said, oh, well, it varies, blah, blah, blah. And, and they and I said, what about you guys? And they're like, oh, it's like 99% Apple podcast. That's, that's, <laughs> like, what people, that's what people say. Yeah. So, you know, we can, Apple, I'm sure, has similar data that shows them like what the usage is for the big iPhones. I think it could be as simple as we have a higher markup on the bigger phones. That's what people mm-hmm. seem to like. That's what we're going to make more of. But wouldn't it be fascinating if there was some validity to that? Because it, it's interesting yeah. to me to think about how, you know, if you were to suddenly have your phone taken away and replaced with a smaller phone that has a smaller screen, would you, would you use it as much? I don't know if I would. Maybe I would. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. I've got a couple routes to this just using... Oh, um, and, oh, oh and uh, one other thing that someone said when I was talking to them about this that yeah. I thought was fascinating, that not, not like an uber geek like we are, but um, I was talking to her and she said, you know, she said it might be something as simple as the screen's bigger so you feel like you have more room to do mm-hmm. stuff, whether it's install more applications or watch stuff. Um, you feel, and like as silly as that sounds, to me that really rung as true. Like it's bigger, you can well, fit more on it. Okay, let's, let's start with the easy one. Um, here's an easy one. Uh, and I, I haven't really thought this through, but um, if you've got, I'm torn on this because I kind of feel like the people who buy a $1,000 phone probably have enough dough that they might also have an iPad and a Mac. Yeah. But, but, but let's just say, if you have made the decision, if you're in the non-weird part of that curve, and you've bought, bought an $1,100 phone, isn't it fair to at least guess that you would consider that your primary device and more? Yeah. So, okay, what I buy there is if you're not on a computer 
or you know other kind of home electronics appliance, you're probably on your phone. Yeah, because I I bet a lot of people who pop a lot of normal people who pop for one of these are not using their old iPad Mini anymore. Right. So that's one way to skew it from the the gross data. Yeah. Is to say, well, yeah, well, that's what you use now. So so let's distinguish between usage and download slash adoption. So like usage, I totally buy that those numbers are very high on that because. I mean, yeah, I mean, those are people who have, there's a sunk cost of having bought that thing. You're going to use it. Right. And it's really fun. It's really fun to have a big screen. Now, here's, here's the, the slightly nerdier part that I thought about even way less. Okay. Um, who buys, who buys the $1,100, $1,200 phone? Is it somebody who's already, there must be some pie about this where you would say, okay, there's a certain amount of people who always get the latest and greatest. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people who have decided to move to Apple stuff, in particular to this phone. Right. But like, you tell me, isn't it, wouldn't you guess that more, that the plurality of people using a $1,200 or over $1,000 phone, the plurality of people using that are people who have probably been in the Apple ecosystem for more than a year? Yes. Okay. Who downloads, acquires, and adopts new apps? Old users or new users? You would, you would think new. I would think new. Ergo, if it is fair to say, this is a lot of logical leaps. I'm guessing a lot of the people who buy this phone are probably just going to like clone it over. They might start fresh. I, I mean, now nah, they're cl- they're look, cloning it. They're cloning. Look it. at look at how. I mean, I can look at. Uh, it's gotten very easy for me to like. For example, my daughter's on my family account, so if I want to download something to her her phone. Uh, from the cloud, I can just go to my purchases. Right. Let me just tell you, bud, it's gotten real fast and easy to find an app on there. This is, it's not 2008. It isn't like days when I was getting 20 new apps a day. And I can tell just from looking at screen time in um, iOS 12, there's a fairly small number of apps that I use for things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. I, I think this just feels, that feels like kind of a, a wild, it's a wild statement to make. And I'm just not sure if the logic of it holds up. But I do, I mean, the one thing I will absolutely agree to is that if you've got a big phone and it is your more or less primary advice, of course you're going to use it more. And certainly for stuff like watching a movie, when you say video, well, what does that mean? Like when you click on something on Twitter, like if I want to see like a dog running into a door <laughs> on a loop, does yeah. that count as video? I mean, it is. I, I'm going to say movies? that, first of all, my answer is yes, that does count as video. Is that what they mean? I, I don't think that's what don't they think mean. that's what they mean. Yeah. I think um, they're so, talking about like a a longer form video, like a TV show or YouTube video, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I um I don't find either the speculation or the facts about this surpassingly interesting. Um, personally, I'm it's I'm I'm glad it's fun for other folks. I don't to for me to commit the the cycles to this that I would need to make any sense of all of this guessing about something that we'll know in 48 hours it would take it would take so much thinking to arrive at something where we're just going to know they're going to tell us tomorrow morning guys yeah we're going to know what it's called we'll know if the name's funny or not we'll know if it's going to be big or not we're going to know i guess it's still fun to think about and it gets clicks and stuff like that but i don't know i don't know i i i um I am definitely in the market for a new watch because I broke mine. Oh, what happened? Uh, over the summer. It broke. It's the first I, it's the first Apple portable device I've broken. It just broke. Well, it it um it just spun off a table and hit the floor. Oof. Yeah, it sucks because it was my nice one. 
Uh, so I'm was it a, was it a series three gen three? Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm using my very, very old series. I don't know. <laughs> my series ii or whatever it is right um that's that's a roman numeral joke um the you know what though the another interesting thing is that the series one which apple still makes way 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 outsells all of the other ones um see that kind of stuff is how do we know that i forget where i read that but i read they, it they don't i read it out, that oh you read it okay you all might right. have seen it on morningstar it might have been a trip mickle joint <laughs> i mean hi if trip hi, said hi, it, i'm trip mickle <laughs> <laughs> he works for the Wall Street He works for the Wall Street Journal. They credited him on this Morning Star thing. It's part of their. It's part of their project. It's a. It's a daily reproduction of Wall Street Journal articles. How do you not get a DMCA for this? Maybe they will. Hmm. Hmm. I see right next to it. You can get a premium membership to Morning Star. Yeah. So they're following suit. I guess pretty soon you'll. So they call it pass through. It's called pass through. You'll have a paywall for the paywall. Content. Dan, tell me about something you like. Let me tell you all about Molecule with a K. Molecule! This is the only air purifier that actually destroys pollutants. Most, like <clears throat> HEPA filters, they just catch the pollutants in, and not all of them, by the way, hmm. in, uh, in, in like, a, like a filter. Now, there's filters in the molecule, but it, they go beyond that. Because basically, here's what happens: is there is I love I love the the guy who invented this thing. I love this. His name is Doctor Yogi Goswami, and he, that's a pretty cool name. Yes, and he is a scientist, and his son had asthma, and he kept getting these HEPA filters, which are touted as like, oh, it's the best. It's a HEPA filter. Didn't help his son. Didn't relieve the symptoms of his child. And so you were talking about grit before. This guy spent twenty years developing a completely new, totally effective way of removing indoor pollutants. And as you know, we have a problem globally with air pollution. It's getting worse. Uh, More than 80% of people living in urban areas that monitor air pollution are exposed to air quality that fails to meet the World Health Organization recommendations. I I heard in another podcast read the other day that your air quality could be worse. Turns out it's worse inside Inside. than outside. That's right. Is that really true, Dan? Did they tell you to say that? According to the EPA, and most of us spend around 90% of our time indoors, it can be five times worse indoors than than outside. Uh, So... This is where the molecule can really help because it destroys indoor pollutants at a molecular level. It completely removes them from the air. It uses something called photoelectrochemical oxidation, which is abbreviated to PICO. And it eliminates allergens. It eliminates mold, bacteria, viruses, and airborne chemicals. So when John Syracuse goes and gets his flu uh, shot, Mm-hmm. He can go home and he so can. So he won't get a cold. He can sit by the molecule and then he won't get a cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that. I'm. They're not saying that. That's me saying that. I just mm-hmm. want to be clear. But here's the thing: pollutants. The Pico technology destroys pollutants a thousand times smaller than what a HEPA filter can capture. So if it's not being captured, it's not. It's going right back up into the air. You're <laughs> still breathing. So this is this is the way they works. They're replacing seventy year old antiquated technology and this is the, this is the amazing breakthrough science that they have uh this is very very important if you suffer from asthma or if you suffer from allergies they've done studies on this people are able to like breathe one customer says she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years because she's like chronically had 
like uh, allergies and stuff. I can tell you anecdotally, I feel like as a family, since we put this thing in, overall, we've been getting less sick. And when one person comes home from school with a cold or something, fewer people are getting it in our household. Now, that's only it doesn't, me it doesn't harm people. the child. It, it doesn't does, harm the child at all. I've forced my children to stand over and breathe over it. Okay. It's like an airlock procedure. It's like when a they di- Dyson in. Airblade. Exactly. Okay. Uh, but uh, it, it, the research has been backed by the EPA, okay, extensively tested by third parties and verified. They did this with the University of Minnesota Particle Cal- uh, Calibration Laboratory and University of South Florida Center for Biological Defense. This is legit. And, uh, and I love ours. It, it has this cool blue light. And I think apparently maybe the blue light is involved in the purification but so you know you it's like at night and the first night i got it i was sitting there looking i'm like well i don't know if i want this blue light on all night of course they have a feature for that because there's an app and the app lets you control in in detail exactly what's going on with the molecule how it's working it tells you when there's a some part that like the filter needs to be cleaned or replaced or whatever like it's all there and here's the special deal these things are awesome they're built amazingly they're beautiful they look cool they're very modern looking i love this thing so many of the filters that i've dealt with in the past like the crap one i have here at the office it's like this giant white thing this hulking thing the molecule is this smooth cylinder it's like something from 2001 and i love it for 75 dollars off your first order you visit molecule.com and you, you'll, when you check out, use the code back to work. Let me spell molecule for you. M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E. Molecule with a K. Molecule.com at checkout and are back to work for $75 off your first order. And uh, we appreciate their support. And I've got to be honest, I, I love mine. I think it's great. And I think it makes a, a difference for me. So um, maybe you'll like it too. Go check it out. Molecule.com. Thanks, Molecule. Buck, buck. That was a good bell that time. Ah, <sighs> Thanks. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to learn to like mute it a little more slowly, a like a drummer control. does with a um, symbol or something. Symbol symbolism. I don't know what they do. Mm, I don't know drummers. <sighs> I love hanging out with musicians. I <laughs> uh, uh, see. I don't. I just don't know. I just don't know how you come up. We got to move on. It's bugging me now. Now I'm thinking about it. And it's bugging me. Yeah. Like, can you imagine Tim Cook sitting in a room full of people in some white room and going like? We want people to use more apps. Let's make the phone bigger. It just it's, it seems like a non sequitur. Now, you said there were going to be wider phones. Well, it's a broader. I don't know about wide. I mean. Oh, broader. Like, it's got more depth. Like, yeah, hmm. I don't know what that all means. Hmm. I like my phone. I don't think I want a different one. Uh, I, I can't remember. I think this is probably an iOS 12 thing. Um, but you can add a second look to Face ID now. So I did a second face ID for myself, wearing a hat and glasses with my dumb mustache. This isn't again. This is so anecdotal, but it does feel like it's a little faster and more dependable with the second look. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's an iOS twelve thing, but I'm not sure. It's hard to know. I still haven't installed it on anything, and I, I don't really have an iPad anymore. So I'm actually a little bit interested in the the what iPads might be coming out tomorrow. This is the first time I've paid any real attention to the iPad space for a while, but each of my kids, uh, my, my daughter had an iPad mini that finally was just, it was like the entry level one. And I got it when they first came out. And so she just completely, it kind of outgrew it after a while. And so, uh, she got my son's iPad and I gave him mine. And so the only 
iPad that I ever use is this um, ancient, I don't even know if it's an Air, if it's a 2, I don't know what it is. Yeah. The only thing I do with it is I use Netflix and, and Plex on it, and That's it sits it, huh? mounted on my... Uh, well, on my iPads. my rowing uh my my rower there's a special boat. It's no a boat. it's not a boat it's a an well, what, how are you rowing? rowing if it's not a boat indoor rower you have a rowing machine it doesn't get you anywhere it gets me just, in shape. just to better health it yeah, gets you in right. shape uh but mm. i have on that thing uh, a special bracket that they make that is designed to hold an ipad so when i'm rowing i'll watch something on netflix or something on plex and that's the but I had to give my iPad to my son, so I don't have one, and I I miss it. I'm really hopeful that these new ones that come out are yeah are awesome. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited about iPads. I I'm a real weirdo. I thought the iPad Mini was amazing um, for what it did. I'm I'm looking forward to a future where there will be a place in the line for something like that, something super duper retina and beautiful and bright with all the things we love in an iPad, but in yeah. that size, yeah, that size is amazing. You know, my my wife has the big iPad Pro. I, I had gotten that for myself, and I was like, "This is too big." Would yeah, you like same same situation for and us. Now I look at it, she's like, "Oh, you got to log me into Netflix." And I'm like, "Wow, this thing is so <laughs> big." I know. But you would think that after however long a year of that, I would get used to it. But every time I pick it up, I'm still getting so big. But um, I don't know. I don't know. It's um, that's one of the things I guessed wrong about. Is I guess there's a part of me that thought that. I don't know. In some part of me, I'm ve- still very much an Apple optimist about lots of things. Yeah. I want the future to be cool. I'm kind of surprised that the iPad doesn't seem to have become more of a thing for people. I guess part of its lunch got eaten by cheaper devices that mm-hmm. are just for kids to drop on the ground. I don't know. We'll see. They'll tell us tomorrow. Maybe you two will be there. Uh, I want to promote <laughs> something. This is not a rebel song. I wanted to produce. Uh, <laughs> it's early here. I wanted to uh, promote Ungainly X Men Meetup number twenty four. You can come out and uh, and meet me and say hi and meet my pals at Two Cats Comics, uh, three twenty West Portal Avenue, San Francisco. Uh, this this twenty fourth Ungainly X Men Meetup is happening on Thursday, September twenty seventh of two thousand eighteen. It runs from seven thirty to nine, and you can come out and uh, and say hi. You can talk about comics or not. You can just visit. Uh, don't bring any drinks. You can't have drinks. It's a real clean store. It's very tidy. There's no dust. Um, but come on out. Uh, you can go to, uh, you can find it in show notes. You can go to merlinm.com slash meetup or check out show notes for details. Where would people find show notes for episode 391? 391 of your back to work program. 5by5.tv slash B as in brothers, two is in the number, W as in walrus slash 391. 391. It's that easy. That's all you got to do. Then you're there. Then you can look around and do what you want to do. I'm procrastinating because I don't have that much other stuff this week. And I, and we have lots of questions that are difficult this week. All right. But we should probably answer at some point. All right. So I'm, just, I'm on board with all that. Uh, yeah, but they're hard. They're difficult. We've got three different questions about quitting things this week. Quit and grit, grit and quit. Okay. Uh, this is really, really random, but um, there's another show I do called Do By Friday where we have a weekly challenge. The three hosts challenge each other to do stuff. The challenge for the episode that's recording tomorrow, coming out on Thursday or Friday, um, is we <laughs> um, co-host Alex uh, Cox um, challenged Max Temkin and me to read Getting Things Done by David Allen. Something you're so, slightly familiar with. 
I think I think I've glossed it once a long time ago. Uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you what I did. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to read this whole thing cover to cover again. It would be like the sixth or seventh time. But I did go back and listen to our podcast from um, 2012. Yes, it. we did a, a lovely uh, podcast. Like five, there. six episodes. Yeah, that's back when I was taking Adderall. I'm talking real fast. Really? Yes, yes. But some of that stuff's actually uh, pretty useful. So anyway. Um, that's not, I mean, I don't, I'm not promoting a podcast, but like if you wanted to listen for GTD stuff and hear Max tear it apart in the way that he does, um, it's due by Friday.com. Uh, wider phones, Apple event, unplug the Sonos. What do you got this week? Uh, well, I thought mm-hmm. we could do some of the feedback if, if Feed. that's a lot of it was I hard, a, a lot separate, of hard questions. I started a separate, uh, start. Let me start over. I think I think I need to they need to flash my PRAM. Um <laughs> Hurt your personal s- PRAM? My personal PRAM. Meep moop. Yeah, these are hard. We all you know also we, we continue to get nice email from people um giving us uh information um that seems valid about the testing stuff. Yes, and I um, asked I asked my child a, a question about that and I said when you take these star tests or these other tests, are you taking them on paper with a pencil or are you in front of a computer? And they said, no, 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 no. We are taking them with a paper and a pencil and there's no computer involved. And I said, Texas is that baby. just your class or are there other classes that, no, 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 no. Hmm. This is it. There is, this is all we use. So I guess we are, at least my kids right now, in their school district – uh, are uh, not required to take the kinds of qu- of tests that get harder and harder. The more I bet a lot of this stuff right. is state based, and I, again, I have to just clarify that. Um, well, I mean, I do feel like some of the feedback we've gotten is, hey, just so you know, these things are not terrible. Mm-hmm. These are not always the kinds of like standardized tests. These are not the Soviet era things that decide what your career is. A lot of it is ev- evaluation, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> You make lamps. <laughs> now you make lamps. <laughs> You're a lamp boy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> math, math is not so easy for you, it seems. Now you make lamp. Uh, but this is for evaluation, to see where people, uh, where individual kids need more work or not. I, I continue to feel like you should tell the kids that. <laughs> this is how the text works. test works. But thanks to everybody who has written to us about that. I don't know. You want to do one of these difficult ones? Yeah, sure. So I got fear of moving, when to abandon middling success, <laughs> when it's time to end. Oh, Simon wants to know about comics for kids. What do you uh, What do you like? Well, I mean, the comics for kids is kind of a, a gimme, so I would I like that one. Uh, you know, I am so out of it at this point now that my kid is a little bit older, and all she reads now is that giant Zelda book. She's, I'm telling you, that's all. That's all she needs to be reading. Mike, I told you that when I got that for she's for my she's, boy, she's obsessed. That's all he looked at or read for a million years. Um, three nights ago, she was in her familiar posture of being like in a ball on the couch with uh-huh. the switch uh-huh. in her hands and the book underneath the switch. Yeah, this is how my daughter lives now. Yeah, and at one point she said, "Oh wow, I just realized this is my D and D." Oh, very nice. Nice uh, <laughs> a level of awareness there. That's very impressive. I have, I have mixed feelings about it, because I remember wasting a lot of time reading about armor classes. But um, that's a cool book. That's It's worth definitely worth it. I thought it was kind of costly at the time. Like, does she really need a large hardback book about a video game? But, like, she has learned many, many things. Oh, yeah. She's taking her sweet time fighting that guy she's going to have to fight. 
Because apparently yeah, she it, has to get these other people on her side first, and they're going to each take one sixth of the power or something. That's right. I have no idea. I have she's, no idea she's, she's talking, talking about, about each each divine beast. That, that they're going to fight Gandor, Ganon. Each divine okay. beast that you uh, are able to reclaim, because the divine beasts uh, were once under control of Hyrule Kingdom, and then don't spoil it for me. I'm not, and, and then Ganon took over them. She and spends so a lot of time recovering memories and finding fish. Right yes. Now. Yeah. Fish. Why? What's she doing with them for? Um, well, she gets fish recipes. from her, uh, what's it called? A Memoji? What's that thing called? Animoji? When, uh, you, when, you rub, when you rub your figure on the game, what's that called? It's called an amiibo. She's got um, three amiibos, mm-hmm. and so she gets swords and fish from them. I'll send you some pictures of our ever growing amiibo collection. We have tonight. three. Oh, we've got dozens. We have Link, and we they're have all, Zelda. They're all, they all cost $300, by the way. They're costly. Well, and they're know, plastic. She's got a link. She's got a Zelda, and she's you, you keep them in the box. No, she's got a link. She's got a Zelda, and she's got that cool lady with a spear that has a blue sla- slash. She tells me the blue sash is important. It is, but you can't keep them in the box because uh, there is there is a thing, a metal thing on the bottom that prevents you from using them if they're still in their box. Clever. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. That's, that's how the they get you. Only reason that they're out of the box, I'm sure. Um. So, listener, Simon, you're on the right track, obviously, with Scotty Young's Oz series. That's a terrific. Those are all so good. Um, and it says, uh, so far, she's mostly picking out SpongeBob and Simpsons-type books. Well, those are actually pretty good books. Like, some of those comics are really fun. One, I, one that's out of, I don't know if it's out of print. It's no longer, there's no longer new issues. But I was a, when she was little, we really liked Superman Family Adventures. Mm-hmm. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. And then there are more grown-up ones. Um, wait, now, is, is Amulet a comic book or a chapter book? She loves Amulet. There's a new one coming out this month. Trying to think of the other comic ones. Um, there's a lot of good ones out there. I mean, I think <clears throat> this is another one of those things where it helps to have a rabbi. So if you go to a comic shop and find somebody who's down with like kid stuff and understands kid co- kids comics, you can get some great recommendations. Um, the only one I'd throw in beyond the ones that you've suggested is a comic by Jeff Smith called Bone. Oh yeah, right. They're yeah, uh, a big thick edition of that. Yeah, my my kids love that one, and it's not superhero style. It's more comic strip style, uh, but it's really really good. And um, and I, I've known lots and lots of people. I've recommended this to who come back and said that their kids really really enjoyed it. There's nothing in it that would ever be considered even remotely adult, and uh, it was serialized since like the early i think early 90s to the early 2000s so it went for a long time wow and uh and the artwork is great the stories are cute and uh it's just a fun relatively wholesome type uh type of of book for kids so Mm -hmm. and parents too well one um i don't know why i always feel so reluctant because to recommend this is just because i'm a, a weird liberal from the left coast but um if you think it's okay for your kid and you think your kid's ready for it lumberjanes is very good especially for a girl child lumberjanes is real good it's uh just about about a bunch of girls at summer camp and um it's got some uh, thematically woke stuff in it but it's also just really funny and super cute and so for your tween or teen uh have them check out uh, lumberjanes it's really good read it first to make sure it's okay with your you know how you feel about the world. Sure. But I love it. And it's full of messages. I'm more than happy to put in front of my kid. There you go. Yeah. So that's really good. What else is really good? Did you watch the last adventure time? 
Uh, no, we haven't seen it yet. Was it was it sad or happy or what was the, what's? The... I'm not going to talk about it. If you haven't seen it. She refuses to watch it. Really? It's like trying to get her to, to watch the last Matt Smith Doctor Who. She just she refuses to acknowledge that it's over. Oh man. Yeah. I got to get into Steven Universe. I mean, I'm kind of into Steven Universe. I'm just not super into Steven Universe. I don't know the, like all of the Steven Universe alia. Mm-hmm. Please save yourself an email by telling me I really, really need to watch this. I know I really need to watch this. Every new episode of Steven Universe, my daughter is literally screaming from another room. There's a lot happening right now in Steven Universe. Are you aware of Steven Universe? I, I know about it. I've never... There's gems. There's gems. There's a reason that lady has three eyes. Long story. <sighs> God, I'm winded. Yeah, Tuesdays right. are hard. Tuesdays are hard. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I have constraints in the front and the back. Oh, really? I'm bound by constraints. It's very complicated. And then I got, I got to do dinner tonight. I don't know what I'm going to do for dinner tonight. Ooh, or just on I'm your maybe, own for dinner or for the no, whole no, family? No, no, no. I got to record with Syracuse. That's part of my Tuesday. But um, I was thinking about making stew in the Instant Pot, maybe. Instant Pot makes a very good stew. Yeah, they make the only stew I'll eat. Do you, now, do you put tomato juice in yours? I don't because I have a there's problem. Like, with it's almost like chili. Like there's different juice. factions about stew. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I have a problem. Did you know that tomatoes are like more acidic than oranges? I know they have tons of glutamate, and some people can't eat anything vaguely nightshade related. They are not as bad on mine. Let's not be too dark here. They're not as bad for me as like an onion can be, but yeah. tomatoes can upset my tummy for sure. I've got uh, tomatoes are like number one on my list of things I can't have anymore. Right, right. So I, I don't, yeah. But you can do a lot of good savory. You can do a lot of nice savory with with a stew. Sure. My only advice, if you're going to do Instant Pot stew, don't be too cute about it. Don't feel the need to use it for browning. It's really not good. People are, are, are using it to actually brown things in rather than browning them in, in their own. Oh, yeah, that's part of the fun. It's one pot. But it's like... If you use the amount of meat, and I double the meat usually in any you recipe. Got to. Come if on. you use the amount I do, well, think about it. Like you fill up that instant pot, even if you put in like let's say a little over half a pound of beef, it's going to cover the entire bottom. Like how are you going to sauté it? No, there's no way to sauté that. You can't do that. Uh-huh. You do that, do it on the range, like a gentleman. Yeah, we help a lot of people. Yeah, <sighs> avoiding these hard questions. You were telling me about something else you like? Sure. I mean, I could do that. I could tell you all about something like mm-hmm. I don't know Slack. Is that a new service? Brand new. Just came up. And, just came uh, out. Let me tell you, let me tell you, since no one's familiar with the concept of Slack yet. Yeah. It is well, a collab- how even does it work? It is a collaboration hub hmm. for work. Whatever work it is that you do with Slack, the right people in your team are kept in the loop. The information they need is always at their fingertips. And teamwork in Slack, it happens in things called channels. So you organize your conversations and information around your projects or your offices or your teams or any combination of the above. Because everything you need to work is in one place. It's going to be faster and easier to get things done. Your team will be better connected. And it's a a lovely, a lovely system. I've talked before about how I use it with Fireside customers. So we've got a number of different channels there. Everybody who... Uh, who is a Fireside customer, can hop in and use Slack and they could sit in the general uh, ch- channel and, and talk to each other about whatever. Then they can, if, if they find that the conversation is getting more specific or they want to keep it to a topic, well, there's lots of other channels. There's a, t- a technique channel where people will talk about like what gear they use and, and their mic technique and things like that. There's another channel that we, we just, they talk about feature requests and we kind of, I'll go and I'll say, hey, I'm working on this feature. 
And people will say, oh, could it work like this? Could it work like this? Meanwhile, over in the general channel, that's not being polluted by this conversation for people who don't care about talking about features. They can talk about the other stuff they want to talk about. And that's of it. course, that's the key. That's so important. It's you're basically automatically filtering out noise. And if you want to have a direct conversation with somebody, you can private message them and talk to them there. If you want to have a conversation with just a few people, you can do that. Yes. We also yes. have a, a couple of internal channels that's just for me and, and um, like the developer, designer, and, and system engineer that work with me. And that's a locked channel. So just the three or four of us can be in there talking. And, you know, that way we know that if we are, are talking about secrets that they're not going to get out. So it's very useful. And then you can also, there's something called threaded replies. So if you're in a main channel and you want the information that you're sharing with somebody to still be public so that someone else could see that conversation, but you don't necessarily want to like clog up that main channel with extra noise, you can just do a threaded reply right there so that you then start responding to the other person it's it's not automatically being sent to the main channel, but people can see in the main channel that it became kind of a sub conversation and they can join it or they can just read it. So it's a really nice way to save from having, oh, let's make a separate channel for this. Or, oh, let's, let's go to private It's a message. cascade. It's a cascade. Because on the one end of the continuum or the one end of the funnel, uh-huh. there's stuff you need everybody to know about. Right. There's stuff where everybody has to know about it. I mean, inside of some organizations, there's like compliance stuff. Like everybody needs to know this. So this goes to at here or at everybody or however you do it in your channel. Right. Like, but then you break down into like, well, here's stuff only this group needs to know about. I know y'all know this, but the way you describe that I think really gets at what's powerful here, which is there is the ability to talk to everybody. You don't need to email them. They'll find it. They might be getting you know notifications when their name is mentioned. That's what most of us do. That makes it real easy. But then you break down into channels based on different projects or teams. Mm-hmm. But you also, you described something great right there, which is that ad hoc ability to have like a little group. Like in this one Slack, I talked to the ATP guys in our own little like four person channel. Like you just make up your own little thing. You just do that yourself. And anytime you want to just talk to one person, you can do that as well. Think of that cascade though does everybody need to know about this how specific can i get about this not even just stuff where privacy or uh, discretion is involved but just in the you want to spare people's attention and i think that slack really encourages that good habit and i'm a huge fan well if you would like to try out slack you can go to slack s-l-a-c-k slack.com and uh, and that's it there's no special promo code there's nothing like that just go there and check it out and sign up and you can use it for free, uh, and if you're if you if you're serious about it and you want to use it with your business and uh, it's helpful to you, then you can sign up for one of their uh, their paid accounts, and it's uh, you get really really great things like unlimited history and and tons of other things like that. So it's definitely if you're running it in for your business, uh, absolutely sign up for it for for legit. But you can try it out for free over at Slack.com. Thanks very much to Slack for supporting. Back to work with Merlin Xavier Mann. It's a crazy, wild, upstart idea. I hope it goes places for these kids. Me too. Our thanks to Slack for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. Ooh, I'm getting good at that. Yeah, you're getting good. 
Uh, this is from listener Joe. Listener Joe wants to know when it's time to end something. Listener Joe says, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on knowing when it's time to end something. It could be a project, a job, a relationship, whatever. Wow, way to leave it wide open, Joe. Uh, it's easy to say something like, well, when the potential cost outweighs the potential benefit, but that ignores just two things. Number one, the emotional impact of quote-unquote wasting all the time, effort, and resources already invested, and two, the actual shutdown effort and risk, like explaining to your sponsors why a project should end before it's completed. Listener Joe wants us to talk about how we know when it's time for something to end. And he's been, he's left it very wide open for us to, to talk about it however we want. He really has. I mean, part of what I find difficult about that is that there are so many different kinds of things we could be talking about and different ways to know. Um, one, one thing to start with, though, off the top of my head, yeah. is that it's not always bad when stuff ends. You know, it's not, I mean, that's just kind of how life works. Every glass is temporarily unbroken. You know what I mean? Like everything will end eventually. Um, but how do you know? How even do you know uh, when it's time? Dan, do you have, do you have any off the top thoughts? Oh, well, again, we don't know specifically like what the heck he's talking about in particular, but uh, you know, is it something like it should end like a relationship? Is it ending like a job? Is it ending like a podcast? I mean, what is he, what is he talking? What do you think he's talking about? That's a good question. I, I don't think someone asks a question like this. Let me state the patently obvious. I don't think someone like listener Joe asks a question like this unless they are considering ending something. Mm-hmm. Fair? Very fair. And so then I, I think to myself, I think, well, what is it you're thinking about ending? And maybe almost as importantly, why is this difficult, hard, sad, or bad? Well, it could be difficult, hard, sad, and bad because it means you have to admit that something uh, didn't succeed in the way that you had hoped or in the timeline that you had hoped. I think that's one reason all kinds of things are hard to end, whether that's a relationship or a small business. You don't want to end it because it requires some admission of, even if, not, not a failure, but of like, well, if this thing was really going great guns, I'd be crazy to stop. Right, right. right. Like you don't, you don't break up your band and pull your album if it's had a big first day of sales, right. it's if it hasn't had any sales for 20 years, you might go like, well, we can't get a gig. Is this really worth it? So I have to intuit that listener Joe is asking because there's something that he is on the bubble about um, deciding. I, I know that yeah, sounds he's, obvious. He's but, sitting there thinking maybe I should stop doing this thing. Well, it's sort of like, you know, they say happy people don't cheat. I mean, unless you're like, like really psychotic. Um, you know, you don't cheat on your spouse unless you're unhappy about something. Right. So then you got to look at like, why are you unhappy? <laughs> well, what is it about that relationship that's made that an option for you to even consider? So um, I could toss a few things out. Let's start with, the, if we're doing a little pyramid here, we could start with some of the obvious ones. A very Merlin man approach. Uh, when is it a good time to end something? If there's something else you really would prefer or need to do, and the existing project, let's call it a project, just to encompass all these things, whether that's a relationship or a business or okay. a podcast or a whatever. Right. If, if the um, overhead, time, energy, attention, resources, money of keeping that thing running is cutting into the thing that you know sh- needs to be done or you – I'm trying to avoid saying want to be done because very few people in life have that many projects where you go, well, I hate this thing and I love that thing. Well, he wouldn't be writing if it was that easy. There's something where he has to sacrifice. He's considering sacrificing something that was dear at some point in order to presumably do something else or just to not have that thing. Yeah. Like maybe you've got a boat that is in so – everybody with boats seems unhappy 
rich and unhappy, which is a <laughs> really? really interesting situation. Well, I mean, poor people don't buy boats unless they're going to, I don't know. But I mean, like, you know, if you're like a Betsy DeVos, you have many, many yachts. Um, but there's a certain point where, and there's all kinds of things like this, where like the overhead of keeping that thing running, it becomes too much. And you know, like they say, um, what do they call it? Um, oh, with a car. There's a term in automobiles called, we say a car is totaled. Mm. Well, when I was a little kid, I thought totaled meant that you crashed it really bad and couldn't drive it anymore. Right, like it, it was undrivable. It was destroyed. There's a business. What, well, what is the business meaning of totaled? The business meaning is that it would cost more to repair it than the car itself is worth. Correct. You are underwater, whether it's a boat or a car. Right. So in those kinds of situations, I'm, again, uh, reading into this that there's something that's too much of a drag on you. There's feeling like a lot of a drag on you. Maybe there's something else you prefer to be doing, but let's keep it simple and say maybe this is just a thing you don't want to be in or do anymore. And that's a perfectly valid reason is this is taking too many resources. However, this project, however we define it, is taking too many resources, however we identify those, uh, into, you know, uh, with regard to like what it can actually do for me. I'm keeping this very general right now, but that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta, if you're not, if you're not able to enjoy having that boat and you're paying to have it moored somewhere while it's broken, it makes a lot of sense probably to just get rid of it, right? Yeah, if it's not bringing you the joy and, and, and the other thing. If you're paying to store a broken boat, you're not a happy sailor. I think there are a lot of people who are thinking that they can't stop doing something or, or, sell something or whatever because well they might need it later they might want it later they it's might an emotional some kind of it's, emotional it's attachment. emotional right mm-hmm. yeah 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 i mean that's the easy part the easy part is if you can and this could be as simple or oversimplified as sitting down with a piece of paper and doing some pros and cons a lot of times you have to trust not trust your gut but at least listen to your gut there's an old trick uh i remember, remember first hearing about this i think in um the rules of thumb book, but if you're ever on the bubble and feel like there's an exactly 50% split you have, should I do this or should I do that? You flip a coin and if you see the results and you have the slightest twinge about what the results were, Mm. you know that you actually wanted the other thing. Uh, Give give me a real world practical example of that. Um, Should I... I don't know, something like, I'm trying to keep this somewhat unemotional, yeah. but like, should, should I, should I, I, I'm worried, I'm worried about money in my future. Should I quit my job and go write a novel that I haven't even started yet? <laughs> I'll flip a coin. And if it lands on, for God's sake, yes, go write the book. And you go, Ugh. like, understand that you went into that thinking that was a 50, 50 shot. I'm not saying this is the only way. I'm not saying decide your life with the flip of a coin, right. but the flip of the coin and getting that result. Oh, here's a better example. Where do you want to go for lunch today? Do you want barbecue or do you want McDonald's? I don't care. Are you sure you don't care? Let's flip a coin. It lands on McDonald's. You go, uh, you know, actually, I really would prefer a barbecue. <laughs> it takes it from the realm of all possibility into the realm of like a decision was just made. Right. And sometimes that introduction of what seems random gives you some clarity that you didn't have before. I like that. Mm, I don't know. Um, how do you know when it's time? Yeah, how do you know? Um... I think you hit something, listener Joe, with uh, part one, the emotional impact of wasting all the time, effort, and resources already invested. Um, We'll stipulate here that sunk cost fallacy is definitely a thing. Going back to your automobile, if you put a ton of money 
into a car such that it is now actually worth less money than you've paid to get it fixed. It's a lot like the Iraq war. Uh, we just stick around because like, that's the thing that we do. There are sunk costs. Um, I think that that can be a very emotional thing. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like, a very emotional because in so, there's some part of you that feels like you have to admit that like, if this had gone better, or if you'd done better, you wouldn't be at this point right now. Right. That there was some kind of misjudgment or miscalculation or failure that has happened ahead of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the um, maybe one little meta part of this is to try and interrogate if you do have a bad feeling, and it sounds like listener Joe may have a bad feeling, try and interrogate that bad feeling a little bit. What is the thing that you worry that you would miss? What is the feeling that you're avoiding? Mm-hmm. Is it a feeling of failure? Is it a feeling of, you know, what interrogate what, where that feeling comes from. So if you do stop doing this thing, what's the emotion that you're afraid is going to come to you? Or what's the event you're afraid is going to come to you? And maybe try to walk up, walk towards that rather than away from that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's hard to know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in life where, you know, there's stuff you don't need in your life, but you kind of keep it around because it feels like the costs of ownership are very low. This is a very, this was a very prevalent feeling in my family. My family, you know, both of my parents were born in the depression. My father was born at the very beginning of the depression. My mom was born partway into the depression. Their parents really scrimped and saved and were, as we used to say back in Ohio, string savers. My grandparents could not stand to throw anything away that might have a future use. Right. Part of that was because they were really, really cheap. But it was also like our grandpa, my grandpa really wanted us to like reuse napkins, like paper napkins for dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me a tutorial uh, when I was about uh, in fifth grade about how many sheets of toilet paper a grown man actually needs. Answer six. He was very parsimonious. Yes. Three for part one, three for part two. Uh, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. First you do the gross cleanup and then you do the more specific cleanup. He's from South America. Okay. Um, and I think if you've grown up in that and you've seen, I mean, like, you know, we, 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 ha ha, we laugh at, at people who are, as we used to say, string savers. Like, do you really need to save every grocery bag and really every little, you know, you save these, this little bit of leftover that nobody's ever going to eat? Well, in my case, my grandparents would eat it. They could not bear the idea of that. And I think that is in part because they had seen privation. And they, they had seen the neighbor kids die because they couldn't afford drugs mm. or whatever it was. Right. And I think that, you know, that, that kind of thing really sticks with you. Whereas somebody like you and me who've grown up or have gotten to a place of relative plenty compared to what they grew up with, you know, I, we're, we're making a slightly more arch and intellectual decision about like, well, uh, like we have a TV that – or old TV, the one I used to complain about. We kept it around. Because like I felt terrible throwing out this thing that it cost so much money, even though it was broken, and I didn't know how to fix it. So it sat, it's still in our garage. The junk guy wouldn't take it unless we gave him 20 bucks, because you got to, like, there's a fee if it's like a, you know, TVs cost, or, or computers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. monitors, that cost extra to be salvaged or whatever. So it's just sitting down there. It's taking up space in the garage. Sure. So, like, you know, why, why have I not taken care of that? Something as simple as that. It seems really simple. Well, there's some part of me. My grandfather's blood is in my body. I'm I am cheap and weird about that thing. Like, well, you know, even though I know it's useless, who would I donate it to? They're going to have the same problem that made me replace it. 
I don't know. I think, as always, you have to look at the emotional parts of these things. No, no, here's another thing is like, I think another angle for this that can be very interesting is like, why are you still doing this thing you probably should have quit a long time ago? That's, that's the other way to look at this. Instead of presuming that there is a net positive likely outcome of stopping something, another way to ask that is, well, why are you still doing this thing that you've been thinking about quitting or stopping mm-hmm. for a long time? Mm-hmm. And I think that can be equally or even more emotional in some ways. But I mean, that's the string that's keeping you hanging on is that emotional part in some ways. Because, you know, whether it's your, whether it's your TV or your scrapbooks or your whatever it is, your Mikey's water damaged photos, there's a part of me that feels like I'm being disloyal Mm. to an important part of myself by getting rid of that thing, even if it's garbage, let alone if it seems salvageable. So it could be a relationship, could be a business, could be a club. Maybe you used to like have a group of pals that used to get together, you know, every year and maybe now it's not as much fun and. You know, maybe you think about stuff. Should I go to a reunion or not go to a reunion? There's all of those things where there's a lot, a lot of emotion wrapped up in that and having a loyalty to who you used to be, that there's a form of integrity that we carry around with us, which just says, well, if I divert too far from how I thought I would turn out, I'm being disloyal to a, a, an earlier version of myself on this timeline. Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of the emotion comes from. So I don't, I mean, I, this is too general to a- answer specifically, but. I think interrogating those emotions is a good idea. You could also talk to other people that are involved in it. Does it need to be a surprise firing of your job or your mate or your partner or your housemate or your whatever? Maybe it's something that can be worked out. Maybe it's something you can do gradually. I don't know. I didn't say it was going to be easy. No. No one said it would be this hard. Mm. Nobody told me there'd be days like these. Hmm. <laughs> get thrown out of my house in the morning. I got to pick up my kid in the afternoon. I'm constrained on all sides. I'm constrained in the front. I'm constrained in the back. I got to get dinner tonight. And then I got to record with that stinky John Syracuse. Are you on your own for, uh, for the dinner? No, 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 no. Cause I get her early and then we do homework. Well, oh, excuse right, me. Right. She does homework <laughs> for hours after school. Yeah, it's the worst. I got a hell of a gig these days. It's bad. That homework. Woo! No, but the thing is, she's gotten real good about it. Like, she's very enthusiastic. Her teacher is very cool, and she's gotten very enthusiastic. You know, they got to write blog posts. It's pretty exciting. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. She writes a lot about Zelda. Not not, not the little boy with the bow and arrow. That's Link. The, yeah. <laughs> did you, did you has, really not know that's Link? I know. She, she's, she wants to get a shirt about that so she can laugh at people who get it wrong. It's apparently a thing in her group. Oh, what, where if you say Zelda and you actually mean Link. Oh, yeah. Oh. Is that yeah. Zelda? No. Zelda is a female, and this is a male. We had, we had, we had a real funny um, uh, who's on first. Not real funny. Actually, pretty stupid. Who's on first routine where I, um, I think I was at work. Yeah, I was recording a show, and she's like, can we please, please, please um, get this Amiibo I'll pay with my own money. And, and I said, Link? Question mark? And she's like, no. Um, the lady with the blue sash. And anyway, it was just kind of funny. But that was a dumb anecdote. But I, what, I, what I meant was, can you send me the link to it on Amazon? It's pretty funny stuff if you think about it. Because I said Link, and she thought, I meant the princess. Oh, no, I get it now. Which one's the princess? Who's the one with the blue sash? What's her name? Uh, oh, Amidala? Yeah. No, no, no. Um, mm. Hold on. Mo, Mo. Wait, I can just check my history. And she did pay me back. I will tell you in one second. I forget sometimes to get the payback. I gotta. I, I have forget. to access my brain. 
people. Urbosa. 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 Mifa. Oh, Mifa is the little fish with the blue sash. Yes. Is she a fish? Yeah, she's, she's a fish. Really, she's a bo- really boss-looking uh, amoeba. Yeah, she's, well, she's mostly fish. Mostly fish. <laughs> there's the uh, there's um, Mifa. Mifa. She is the fish. She looks like a shark, kind of. There is uh, Daruk, who is the big guy. But she's got like a Pokemon ball for a head. That's her. If you look closely, that's a sh- the shark head. It's oh, a fish. And then head. Rivali is the bird, and Urbosa is the... Human or human. Oh, I'm uh, seeing them. Oh, wow. Urbosa looks cool. Yeah, she's very cool. She also has a blue. Rivali's like a like a bird man. Yes, he's my oh, favorite. Oh, look at her. She's neat looking. Yeah, they're not cheap. Now they're very expensive. We have all of them. Boy, she loves them. I'm gonna get the Splatoon them. ones too. Splatoon, Splatoon. Does she play? Yeah. Play? Does she play Splatoon? She has played Splatoon. She has played it. I have not played it. She. Has I would played like for it. her to friend over this to switch. friend my son so that they could uh, play each other. We can always use more friends. All of us. I don't know if she she has an account. Like it's it's very confusing. It's the area of her technology I feel least competent at. Well, you can go into at the I had to top. Borrow a spam blocker for her phone. Isn't that a hell of a thing? Yeah, I just had to put one. Okay, let me ask you, not spam blocker, but let me ask you, what is the current thinking for ad blocking? Because my son on his iPad is continuously getting uh, pop-ups that take over the, the whole thing. and He's it, getting the Amazon thing. The Amazon thing. Yeah, it's not pretty what you got to do. What? Tell me what to do because it's driving him bonkers. You, I was reading about it. Lots of people were talking about it and I, I haven't gotten it, but I was curious. And I think you've got to like do lots of like deleting your history What's causing that? Um, Is it a JavaScript pop-up that's in an open tab? Is that what's going on? Like an open see, tab takes I wish over I could your find this. Who was talking about this? Libby, I think, was talking about this. Because he's always Twitter. looking at You gotta do some you gotta do some surgical stuff. Um, well he here let me tell you the scenario. Maybe if it, it, I'll try what you're about to say, but I, I wanna just set this up. He doesn't spend a lot of time on eBay, but he will go on eBay because now, thanks to the generosity of our listeners, he has a handful of really great vintage consoles and uh, and and game Game Boys and a DS and DS lights and things like that. And, and I'll I'll put the call out again. If you have an old console, he's still very much on the lookout for a number of older consoles. So if you have one that's in your garage taking up space that you don't use or that your kids had and they don't want or whatever, um, please email me. You can get the, my contact on 5x5.tv slash contact. Uh, just click that and he would probably love to have this. I'd be uh, happy to pay for shipping for it to make it easy for you to get it to <coughs> us. Uh, but he is now on a quest to find like vintage cartridges and vintage games and things like that that, that go with it. So it seems like whenever he's on eBay... He's getting this strange Amazon pop-up thing that, that you're about to hopefully tell me how to get rid of. Well, and I have no idea. I'm just Googling about it. I just sent, is it what I just sent you? Let me see. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep. So, Congratulations, Amazon user. Yeah. I've never seen I've never gotten it. Yeah, she got this at the spreediscount.com, I guess. Um. I don't know. You can Google around for it. I mean, the the answers that I saw are um, uh, that you've got to like, I think you've, you know what? I don't want to say. I don't want to say because I, I, but I, I did Google it a little bit because I had not seen it. It sounds really, really annoying. Uh, how to remove spree discount pop-ups. 
See, but a lot of this advice is like for Mac, and once you install something, right. it's like, no, it has no, to be no, iOS. No, no, it's no. all iOS here. So let's say Amazon, iOS, Amazon pop up. Probably getting screamed out on Twitter right now by people who actually know. I'm not on Twitter anymore. I mean, my account's um, there. I'm just not yeah, you using are. It. You're still there. I'm not using Amazon it. Winter pops up on my phone. How to block pop ups happening nonstop for me? I don't see an official. <laughs> Someone has hijacked a website you visited. I, I have not seen any advice here that I trust. A lot of it involves just like scorched earth, like clearing, basically clearing uh, history and data both. I'll, I'll try you, that. So it's not it's not well, something that like, a pop up blocker will will address. Wait, please do your own due diligence. I'm seeing a lot of that. Like, well, actually, from people who have no idea what to actually do here. How do I get rid of the Amazon pop up? Yeah, it's a people, very a people are saying clear thing. history and data. Clear history and data. So it could be a JavaScript thing, it sounds like. How is that allowed? I thought it wasn't allowed. I'm going to call my congressman. That's ridiculous. That's hmm. what I'm talking about. How to stop congratulations. Oh, it's WCPO in Cincinnati. My dad used to work there. How to stop congratulations ads on your iPhone. Uh, works on Facebook. Uh-huh. <sighs> Did you see that thing that was like a popular... Well, downloaded app on the uh, Mac Store. Yes, the Doctor. The Doctor. The Evil Doctor. That's bad. Yeah, that it's real bad. bad. It's it's apparently mm. collecting browser history. This is a an, a, a Mac this is the problem application. With the VPNs. It's like it's like who's going to install that? But a, par- a paranoid nerd, and a paranoid nerd who installs that stuff is then the person who gets exploited. Ain't that ironical? I read something about Tor for a while that there was a problem with using Tor, and then for the dark web. Yeah, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. I heard about it. I heard about it. I've heard about the dark web. You know, I understand why people want that kind of privacy and and things like that. But then it turns out that the thing that you're using to to keep yourself secure <laughs> is uniquely uniquely what's screwing with you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. Trust your mechanics. See, when I, you know what I mean, it's like the dead Kennedys say, "Trust your mechanics." You know, I read. I just read an article. I don't remember the details, but it was one of those awful stories of like how a mom like killed her children, something terrible oh, like God. that. And like in the it it says that like when they recovered her computer, that like she had searched for how to kill people and get away with it, the best way to kill your children. You're like all oh, of these incredibly yeah. yeah, like blatantly the same stuff that she did. She's googling for how to do uh, it. Uh, yeah, uh, I like, don't like this. I, I'm like, wh- okay, anyway. So what are you saying? She should have just experimented? She should have just used Tor. Used, oh. You know, VPN or send clear her history. I don't know. Sure, sure. But Talk that's what they always the do. They always do that. I love it because it's how we get these awful people and prove oh that gosh. they're guilty. But <laughs> they're so stupid. I guess if you're stupid enough to want to do something like that, you're stupid enough to Google it just with your regular account. I think we're all stupid enough for everything. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty to go around. <laughs> Um, did you have one more thing to tell me about? Uh, I do. I would like to tell you about Kite. Kite. That's apparently I'm reading the the pronunciation guide, and that's how you have to say it. I hope they're okay with me reading it that way because that's how they say it to, to read. But let me explain what Kite is. Knowledge, Merlin. Knowledge. Knowledge is hard to manage, especially within what organizations, right? You've got lots of employees. Mm-hmm. They're walking around. You could be sitting in the cube next to the person that has the answers and you don't even know it. 
That's the problem. And that these organizations get more complicated. The more products you have, the more people you have working there, the more customers you have to support, complicated. And so mm-hmm. how do you take that individual knowledge that, that each of these people throughout the company has and put it somewhere where you can get to it so that you, you're kind of building like a brain, right? How do you build a brain? That's what Kite is all about. They make it easy for employees to get and to provide knowledge and expertise into their existing work streams. A good example of that is Slack. We told you about Slack before. Okay, the Kite plugs into Slack so that you can go in there and, and ask, you ask Kite questions. Like you type questions to Kite like, do we have any customers in financial services? Kite isn't just going to, yes, no. It's going to provide you a <laughs> list of the customers in financial services sourced right from your CRM, right? You can say, what is uh, pricing for uh, 2,500 users? You just type mm-hmm, that to mm-hmm. Kite. Kite comes back and says, okay, here is the per user pricing for 2,500 users. Here's a link to the price book. Like all of this stuff is built in and it really takes these little independent pools of knowledge and turns it into one great ocean of knowledge. I'm going to give them that they can run with it. That's good. That's for them. I'm not asking for anything extra. They can go with that. I'm just the idea guy. I I send them out into the world and I, I wish them well. So good. So again, this is going to be useful for people in sales because now the sales teams can use kite to accelerate their sales cycle by increasing the confidence of their answers, increasing their own competency. Your rep is on the phone with a prospect. They're asked a question. They don't know the answer to it. Instead of being like, oh, well, uh, let me uh, call you back on that one. No, they just type in, what is the answer, Kite? And Kite's like, Oh, that's valuable, Dan. Marketing stuff. Uh, it's great all around. It works in Slack. It works in Skype for business. It plugs into the data sources that get answers. It's not just sending documents and it's all real-time in chat. It's very cool. They made a special URL for our listeners. It's kite and it's spelled K-I-I-T-E. That's why it's kite. K-I-I-T-E-E dot A-I slash back to work. K-I-I-T-E dot A-I slash back to work. Go check it out. Learn some more about kite and use it within your organization. Our thanks to kite for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Bong bong! <laughs> Well, we'll be back next week with whatever happens tomorrow that I'm reporting uh, from the show floor to my Periscope stream. Yeah, if they want to, um, if they want to tune into that live, where where do they go for that? Oh, you go to Periscope dot stream okay dot internet dot San Francisco, and then that'll get you what's called a proxy. It'll proxy you into my tunnel. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to proxy people into my tunnel. So is there, let me ask you this. We'll close with this note. Yeah. Is there anything tomorrow that if they announce it, you will just buy it? Like, is there yeah, a th- watch? Oh, the watch. Yeah. I mean, I, I gotta get a watch. Um, yeah, I'm interested in a new one. I just thought you, I, it, for it to break, however long it was, I want to say six weeks ago. Uh, and my wife was, <laughs> had a very strong feeling like, why don't you wait a little while? Like, yeah, it's okay. This other one feels so lame compared to how like um, good that one was. And the new one I think is going to be even gooder. So I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's exciting. I hope Apple does well. What about you? What are you you're excited about iPads? I would be interested to see what comes out with the new iPad and 
you know, if one of the older, you know, like the nine and a half iPad Pros were to be cheaper, mm-hmm. I would definitely consider getting one of them uh, if the price were to drop on them or something like that. But uh, yeah, I'd be game for an iPad. I think it's time. I think I could use it. Here's one. hoping. Yeah. Well, we'll be here. Same, uh, same Dan time, same Dan channel. There you go. Okay, let's button this up. All right. I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.